Well, this week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from December the 19th, 1995. Nate Maxson, your host here, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin. How you doing, guys? Chad is on the mend, and we're glad that he can join us and and uh, and be here with us today to talk about this ECW episode. Um, you're into like a December time here, so... There's not a lot going on on this episode, but there's some stuff of significance, so we will get into that. Um, but before that, if you guys are so willing, I actually got a couple of questions from some of our listeners this week. You got questions? Got questions. And if you ever have any questions for us, you can email us at relivingtheextreme at gmail.com. We appreciate the participation. This first one, this guy kind of, take, kind of takes a shit on me, and that's all right. I, I, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but he said, I heard on a recent episode, Nate say that he thought ECW peaked at barely legal 97, which is bullshit because it was great until late 98. Chad and Aaron, what is your opinion as to when ECW peaked? So apparently I'm fucking wrong, Tom Evers. Thank you for emailing us. But I think ECW peaked at that, that first review, barely legal 97. What do you guys think as a promotion, Aaron? Um, I'd say 98, but I mean, it's all just opinion. And like, so this guy being like, oh, it's bullshit. You're stupid or whatever. It's like, no, it's an opinion. Everybody's yeah. got them. In my opinion, I think he's going to peak in 1996. Well, there you go. Yeah, see? <laughs> it's all a matter of uh, fucking perspective. I mean, the, the, the pay-per-view, we, we all, I mean, the story's been told about how it was all just, it was barely put together. It barely happened, right? Like, Paul kind of, like, swindled this company into doing all this. <laughs> So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it was a big, like, to do, you know, no, 97 ECW was already in trouble, way, way, way in trouble, but I think ECW peaked as a company as far as performance, like TV production wise, was 1996. And the reason I say 98-ish is because... They, they started obviously getting more and more on the radar as things went and the guys would go and come back and go and come back, you know? And it's like a lot of the guys, once they left and like went to the WWE or WCW and then came back, it's like, yeah, the bloom's already off. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like Sandman wasn't the same when he came back. You know what I mean? It, it, oh, that's yeah. just an example. Oh, yeah. It was already, it was already done then. Like it, it was already like the the light was already in the back, you know. Then, then they were just doing that just to like go, uh, all right. Just go like Tom, like damn, poor Tommy Dreamer, poor Tommy Dreamer. And it's like yeah. by the time they got by the time they got on national TV, it was like, oh, we got Chilly Willie. Here he is. It's like, oh. yeah, dude, it was it was way too it was way too late, way too late. Chili Willie. Here you go. I mean, if you're 
But yeah, so I just, I mean, or whatever his I, name I, was. I, I love I love the buildup. I, I love the I love '96. Also, it's actually '96 is my favorite. I'm a, I'm with Chad. '96 is my favorite year of ECW, but I do love the buildup to the pay per view and all the stories going into it. And I really really liked that pay per view. But then after that, to me, creatively, it's just when it seemed like seemed like it just went downhill. And like Aaron was talking about, you know, Sandman comes and goes, Raven comes and goes, Shane Douglas comes and goes. They're just these guys are in and out, and there's no. You kind of because of the the promotion getting rated and stuff, you have no consistency in the roster, and you know. I mean, happy happy to do story fine, you know. When yeah, happy happy to continue a story when when Sabu like Sabu, like Sabu's the biggest star, Shane's the biggest star, Taz is the biggest star, and like you said, all they just came in, came out, came in, came out whatever and i'm not saying like it was bad or anything a lot of the guys actually kind of stayed man i mean like i mean like like even though you said shane came and went and sabu came and went they were always there for like the big shows like you know for the blow-offs and i'm not saying it was bad i'm just saying like it wasn't once they finally got on like big time television and shit, it wasn't it wasn't what ECW was, in my opinion. Of course it wasn't. It was it was never meant to be. It was it was snake bitten from the very beginning. From the very beginning, it it was of course, of course, of course. Who do you think the fucking Vince is gonna allow Paul? I think you know what I mean. Come on, hey, I. Know. Yeah, I've I've always contested that because of the fact that you're moving the promotion from being an underground, like I guess you call it underground success with with smart wrestling fans and et cetera, and trying to build that company into a major wrestling company, which is what Paul envisioned. Whether people whether people want to admit it or not, and as much as they might hate it, ultimately. If if Paul was going to achieve the success he wanted to achieve and be on national television, the ECW would have wound up being something like WWE CW. As much as people hate it, if they were going to try to take take the company mainstream, eventually it would have wound up in that direction anyway. And Paul I mean, fought it. He needed to do it, and and um, that's why it didn't succeed because he. It's like Vince. He, Paul Paul admitted that Vince told him that he said. Like, good job you got national TV, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to change your shit, buddy. Like, you can't just appease to this niche audience because you're not gonna get any sponsors. You're not gonna get any traction. You gotta, yeah, change it up. And he wouldn't do it. Vince even gave him a production truck for that first ECW on TNN, and he didn't even use it. <laughs> can't hear you, Chad. Oh, the zombie on the yeah. Uh, I don't know who who was that. I don't know who that wrestler was. You know what I mean? That's the first thing you saw on ECW television when it debuted on TNN was the was the zombie whatever guy. Well, that was and ECW. That was WWE ECW. I know. I mean, but that's that's what I mean. 
Like, how can you, how can you run your promotion? You know, I mean, granted, at the time, at, at the time when ECW was, was, uh, let's say when ECW was hot. What's that? What, what's the same 90? What's the same 97 as an example? Late 97, 98. I mean, they had what? Danny Doring and the Roadkill? You know, as a mid tag team? You know what I mean? I mean, I love Danny Doring and, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'd love any opportunity to bury him because in here. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah, Danny Dorn and the Amish Roadkill as your fucking one of your top tag, one of your top attractions. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's 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 blame to go around to everybody for what happened to ECW. <laughs> not just not just not just Vince or not just Eric Bischoff, but even from within, ECW sabotaged itself a lot of the time. Well, it was Vince. I'm telling you. Paul, Paul just fucking threw his hands in the air and just said, all right, man. You know, it, now it's your company. Now you do what you want. I, 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 just keep the way it was. He just threw his hands in the air and said, all right, this is now your company. You do whatever you want with whatever I created. You know, fuck. If if I if I would have if I would have created ECW in my vision, I would have fought way harder than I, I would have fought way harder than that. I mean that's my opinion. But I mean Paul may got off I mean I'm sure Paul got offered a job. So Paul just got you know, whatever, fuck. You, you can have whatever you want. Yep. I mean, fuck. I have the ECW library. Fuck. Is that is that what you want? The library? I have it. <laughs> and and plus I have stuff they don't even have. That's the worst part. They uh yeah, yeah, you're right though. Paul just they just the you know, he just buckled. Yeah, sure, I'll take the money. <laughs> I'll show I'll show up I'll show up on Monday Night Raw and WrestleMania. That's fine. I don't want to. I'm not even going to tell these guys we're done. We're just done. Yeah, I, I'm wearing. I'm actually wearing a shirt right now. The very last show, the one from Arkansas, the very last ECW show. And Thank I you. Didn't, I didn't go to it because, believe me, I already knew we had a hand. <laughs> that shit was there. And then there's no chance I was going to Arkansas. <laughs> Who goes to Arkansas willingly? I know, right? And why is ECW running in Arkansas? Because Paul wanted to be as far away from his crew as he could when he let people know that they that we weren't coming back. He's like, I'm not going to Arkansas. I'll be at Monday Night Raw. <laughs> he ran that show in Arkansas so he could fucking just duck the fuck out of there. And and, and anybody at that show had no idea where they were at. They weren't going to find Paul anyway. So, 
he ran to the show in Arkansas as a fucking, as an outlaw mud show, and just said, I'm going to run this show, and just take this money, I'm not getting the fuck out of here. See you guys later, man. The only one I don't believe saying that they knew it was over, or the only one, the only one that I don't believe saying that they didn't know it was over was Tommy. I'm pretty sure Paul probably let Tommy know, "Hey, this shit's done. <laughs> don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody, and I'll get you in with Vince." Times on the show when Tommy's a bag. You don't fucking like Tommy is Tommy cries a river. Oh my god. What did he do? What did he do to save ECW? He, he was the guy who was right there with Paul. He did all the fucking promos at fucking Tommy Dreamer's mom's house. You know what I mean? Tommy Dreamer is not the fucking, was never going to be the savior of ECW because he didn't do anything to step up and, and, and try to save him. All he did was all he did was lend support to the guy. Thanks for being thanks for being our emotional support animal, Tommy. Yeah, and that's all it was. And thank you, Tom, for that question um, about ECW peaking. And then our second question here is from a listener named Carrie. Carrie said, in an alternate universe, if Steve Austin doesn't go to the WWF. Do you think he, okay, this is worded weird. Okay, I'm going to read it as it's worded. In an alternate universe, if Steve Austin doesn't go to the WWF, do you think he would have elevated ECW to a higher level and been as successful as he was in the Federation? 100%. Yeah. I, 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 I just, when I just watched the show, I was like, dude, this guy is a fucking, he looks like he, he looks like he's somebody. I think it would have been, um, I think it would have been totally different for Shane when he came back. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I don't think Shane would have been top banana in that fucking company as the heel. I don't see, I, you know what I mean? I don't see, I don't see Paul investing more in Shane than he is in Steve. In my opinion, problem was he was always injured at the wrong time. He always got hurt at the wrong time when, when you know, when we needed him. And then we had to find somebody to fill his spot. And then all of a sudden, oh, he come back. Oh, oh he's he ready to come back. Yeah, but we got Austin. Oh, of course. Austin, if, if we were, if we were, if we were going to catch Austin, dude, seriously, he, he would have been. He would have been he would have been the Steve Austin that you know that we all know, but it would have been different. It would have been different. But it would, it would have still been you know the Steve Austin that we all know. But it's like you said, you take one look at him and you're looking at a fucking star, you know, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to d- demean the other guys that were in ECW, but Steve Austin is head and shoulders above everybody else on that show star level wise. He and looks like somebody. yes, he yeah. looks like somebody. He talks like somebody. Like, can you imagine the possibilities? You say like 96, 97 of Steve Austin and Terry Funk. Yeah. 
or Steve Austin and Raven. I mean, just that cut Austin and Funk would have been amazing. Well, you could have did, you could have did, I mean, just right there, you could have did an angle with him and Funk and somehow Raven gets involved. So then it transfers into him and Raven. Yeah, you can't have him and Funk work, you know, a million matches. Right. But you have him and Funk do angles, and then all of a sudden, why why is Raven showing up? You know what I mean? And then you have, and then you have Steve questioning why the fuck is Raven showing up? You know what I mean? There's your angle. I mean, it, it, that that's not like that's not fucking. That's not like rocket science. No, and then you just let those two talented motherfuckers do their thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you don't even book it, right? Like you don't even you don't even sit there and book it. You like you let them book it. Yeah, exactly. What are, it's a night off booking these two guys because <laughs> they'll just do they'll do magic on their own. You know, they don't even need somebody to to do it for them. Hell, Raven, Raven, Raven was booking what seventy percent of ECW anyway. I mean, I, I was seeing, I was seeing Raven all the time, all the time, like in the locker room, and it was always like, yeah, yeah, hey, and I'm like, hey, um, you know, it's doing Dreamer again, again, you know, like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey. Yeah. Like he would, he would, he would, he kayfabe, he kayfabe me, which I, I didn't give a fuck. What the fuck are you? What do I care? <laughs> but you know, yeah, hey. And then it, n- nobody knew Raven had anything to do with the book. But Raven, Raven definitely booked on his own angle. That I heard from him himself. Aaron, anything else on Austin before we get into that, the? Just like I said, he would have been, he would have been the biggest star in that company, and I'm not saying it would have changed history or anything. It probably still would have wound up where it was still at because it was still being run business wise like it was. But he would have been the biggest star in that company. Yeah, but I don't, I don't understand why you don't think it wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, I just don't think called- I. I'm just saying the, the the business the the way business was ran. I don't think what it like it wouldn't have meant like oh guys are getting paid now and Paulie's doing this differently. I, like the business aspect of it would have still been the same, but guys weren't getting paid. Man. I know that's what I'm saying. Like that wouldn't have changed. So ECW would have still suffered the same fate. Steve would have just been the biggest star of the company that suffered the same fate. I think. Yeah, but he had, but he had somebody he could use as a, as a, as a star of the company, like um, just just say for NASA, for that, for that, that that um, you know, thing. Um, he could use he could use him for his star for going to um. I mean, whatever platform they were on, I forgot whatever. I mean, you were on the platform. But yeah, but he 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 was the star, and he could he could have walked right into an office and said, "Yeah, that's right. 
That's why you want us on the, on this on this platform. That's right, because I'm I'm a bigger star, and I'm a, and I'm gonna draw money here, and you wait. I mean, Steve, Steve Austin on Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> the problem was, the problem was, like I just, like I just said, the problem was, it was the wait. They, they couldn't wait. ECW didn't get money now, you know. And well, Steve. Steve is featured on this uh, episode we're going to review of ECW. It's from December the 19th, 1995. We get an an intro from Joey Styles after they show us the title match, the result from last week with Sandman winning the championship. Joey intros the show, discusses how Sandman has a broken hand, has been advised to not compete, but he's going to compete anyway against three challengers in three days. Cactus Jack on night one, Steve Austin on night two, and Conan on night three. So we're we're building up uh, Sandman as a fighting champion here. Well, ain't nothing wrong with that, right? Absolutely well, not. He's over. Guys love him. Yeah, what the fuck? That's, that's fine by me. I mean, I mean, Conan was like, I would have pushed Conan bigger as a bigger name. At this time, yeah, I mean, he had he had international credibility. He was uh, he was a huge star in Mexico, and um, a great huge. get and a great import for them. Huge star in Mexico. The problem is, I think a lot of these guys, like Paulie, knew they weren't going to be like long for his company. You know what I mean? Like he probably knew Conan wasn't going to be there very long. It's like this is a placeholder, and by the time he got the guy, I like by the time I say I feel like by the time he got some of these guys, they were already leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's three it's three months booking, of course. Yeah, I mean obviously Paul knew that. Paul's not going to keep keep bringing in fucking a bunch of these fucking guys that Conan knows. Yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean it was it was it, it's all three months. Yeah, it's like listen, we're we got Mysterio and La but we're not bringing Damian six 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 to the ECW arena. I'm sorry, it's just not gonna happen. Well, see, Damian, Damian brought all the guys. That's why you saw Damian. That's why Damian was there. He brought the guys. He was the liaison for all the Japanese guys. Yeah, of course. He had the biggest band. I love Damien. Damien's great, dude. He's, he's great. Well, after this segment talking about Sandman, we actually get, we were just discussing this guy, an amazingly good Steve, I mean, not that any of them are ever really that bad, but this is a really, really, really good Steve Austin promo. Aaron, um, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to say the promo verbatim or whatever, but this is, it's, it's a great fucking promo. And in my opinion, it's um, it's Steve Austin's hard times promo. You know what I mean? Like, 
it, it's it's the one that if you want to show why this guy is the best promo of his era, just sit him down and let him watch this. You know what I mean? It, it's it's fucking perfect, and it 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 somewhat like a lot of times when you watch things, you know, it's like you don't like when they talk about the bit like the business being. I don't like when they present the business as being fake, like some of the shit Rousseau did in WCW, like Goldberg turned heel and went against the script or whatever. Like, I hate that shit. But this promo, Steve isn't really, he's kind of doing that, but he's saying like, I went to the promoter and said, Hey, I want to wrestle Hulk Hogan. And they were like, that's not in the cards for you, brother. Like, like, like baby, that's not in the cards for you. Like, like making it sound like, Hey, they didn't want to push me, but he's like, they didn't write me into it. It just makes it sound like, oh, we want to book this guy instead of you in the match. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So it's just a great promo top to bottom and him talking about not being able to know how to do anything else. And this is all I am. And it, it's a great fucking promo. I, and I, 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 totally, I totally agree with Aaron when I say that it is hard time promo. I mean, you said, you said a lot. You said a lot that was right. You said a lot about the whole entire situation. But the best thing he said was that was his hard times promo. It's just a masterpiece. And have you ever watched the... Um, um, I'm sure you guys have. But they show that footage of um, him cutting it on that ECW documentary that WWE did. And when he's done doing it, like everybody in the room is cheering. Like you hear Sandman be like, holy shit. And everybody's like, yeah, it was fucking great. Like, like his, his promo got a pop from like the guys watching it. It's like, it's fucking great. Sure, like three o'clock in the morning. I'm sure. I'm sure it was like, like two, three o'clock in the morning. But what I, the couple of things that I wrote down here about this promo, first of all, he's got, it's got he's got he's got the head the shaved head now or the buzzed the buzz cut I guess I guess it's not totally shaved but he's got the buzz cut like Chad mentioned a couple episodes ago those fucking steely blue eyes looking in the camera the man looks like a superstar and then the words that come out of his mouth he talks like a superstar and I love the fact that you know mixed thing is to turn heel on the crowd by saying I, I he's like legitimately, I want to go back to WCW, take me back, Uncle Eric. Whereas Austin's approach to it is he's being sarcastic. Like, Eric, you're the best announcer in the world. Joey Styles is okay, but Eric, you're announcer of the year. And then he's talking about um, um, take me back to WCW because I'm too good for ECW. And But he his character's more sarcastic about it. And it's it's such good shit. And then I do love the fact I love the line of uh, you know, like you said, Aaron. He says, This is all I got. Some guys, he's like, some guys punch a time clock, go back home to some hag. And I just I pop for that. <laughs> With your ham sandwich and your lunch box. It's like yeah. that ain't me, man. <laughs> that, that's how it is. I mean, that's how it was. Like, I mean, he he was right there, right there, smack dab in the middle of um I don't know whether it was the the Monday Night Wars or whatever, however it was, but yeah, he was right there. And he's like, he, he, he's telling, this is how it is, you know? It's, it's is also, 
Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, like, you know, he knew, I mean, I mean, he already knew he was, go he was going up, up to New York. That was already, it was already written in the papers before he even got there. But, but yeah, he was, he was just, um, like, yeah, this is like, this, this is this fucking real of me, damn it. You know what I mean? It's also proof that everybody's saying like that Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon didn't watch ECW. It's true. Cause like who can watch that and then bring the guy in and be like, Oh, he needs a manager. He can't talk. Like we got to put him with somebody. Who the fuck, who the fuck would have said that? That's what Vince and, and Bruce Pritchard felt when they got him. They thought he was just all they knew is he was a good wrestler and they didn't have any confidence in his speaking ability, so they put him with Ted because they were like, he needs somebody to talk for him. So they, so they never had an opportunity once to see anything he did in ECW at all. They, they, never, they never took the, the five minutes out of their time, their busy fucking time, of booking that Doink the Clown Mickey Mouse nonsense. You go, look at this guy. Really? It was Cornette and, and Ross that were like, this is the man. And they just were like, nah. He needs a gimmick. And let's put the million dollar belt on him and let Ted talk for him. See, exactly. That's so, that's so Mickey Mouse and it's fucking, it's absurd. I, I don't know. You know, like it's like it's like somebody giving you the fucking the golden ticket gimmick, and then just oh you get you can't cash it till whenever. You know, if you have the golden ticket, like what don't he have? Like run down your criteria of what you think a superstar is. I mean, I'm not Vince. I don't know. But um, I think Steve Austin has all five categories. You know what I mean? I think he does. I don't. I don't know what you're looking at, dumb dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, to be honest with you, the, the person in the office that would have been most likely, other than a Ross, that would have been most likely to see have seen him in ECW at the time is probably Howard Finkel, because Howard Finkel was the guy that they assigned to watch everything else. And he would prepare apparently some report every week for Vince McMahon about what was going on all over the place. But yeah, it's, it's just crazy that it took them so long to, I mean, I guess once he got there, it didn't take him too long to say, all right, we know what we got here. But yeah, when he first comes in, like Aaron said, they put him with Ted DiBiase and just, he's totally miscast. And it took about a year. Yeah, I mean, they dropped the ringmaster year, thing. For, year. They dropped. They dropped the ring. I know they that. dropped the ringmaster thing pretty quick. But. I know, but even when he was still, oh, excuse me, even when he was still stone cold, he still wasn't like cutting promos and shit. Like he still had that stupid belt, and not that the million dollar belt was stupid, but it was stupid for him to have it, and it was just like it, it wasn't. It took him about a year. Because if you think about it, like when did he really, really, really start? He really he, it, was, it was WrestleMania 13. You know what I mean? Well, well, he really started to heat up 
once he started challenging Bret Hart. Yeah, WrestleMania come, 13 there. Well, he his, their first match was at Survivor Series 96. And that's that when he initially got into that shit with Bret, I'd say right after they had him not wrestle Yokozuna at SummerSlam 96, they wrestled on the pre-show. And then after that, so probably about September. So yeah, almost nine, almost ten months before they really started heating him up. Ten months in a wrestling in the wrestling business is forever, man. Just saying, that's forever. Yep. Well, after the Austin promo, we then have. Is this this is the first time I think that we've actually seen Taz in the orange and black singlet? But we've got Taz and, and Bill Alfonso. Taz is out in the orange and black. He's got the towel now. Um, so we've seen the gimmick change here. And um, Fonzie put, cuts a promo in the ring. Sorry, my notes were a little scrabbled there. Fonzie cuts a promo in the ring. And then Taz quickly beats Porto Ricano with the Katahajime. So this is the, I guess you'd say, the birth of what you know as the Taz character. Well, Aaron, while Ted tries to work on getting his sound back, what did you think about this whole deal? Looks like he's in like Luigi's Mansion or something. <laughs> um, or Mario missing. Um, it, um, well, they did do the Taz Fonzie promo before the match where they were like talking about Public Enemy or whatever. But you're right. This is kind of the... Um, um, it's not the debut of the... It's not like the, the presentation of the... I don't want to say it. it's not the debut of the new Taz gimmick. It's the presentation of, or it's the debut of the the whole presentation that they're going to have now yes. with Taz, like the towel, the look. I, I he doesn't have the music yet. I don't think. No, I don't think he has survive if I let you yet. But it's like the towel, the the singlet that makes him look fucking fantastic. Um, it's cool when. Um, because the towel gets smaller as it goes, but like this time the towel's a little bigger and it's cool when like Paul rip or uh, Fonzie rips it off because it's like like you don't know what you're gonna see under it, then it's like boom, it's just like hey, here's a new Taz, you know, and it's just a sawed off little badass, and um, it's my favorite era of it's my favorite era of in ring Taz is him being that that heel with Fonzie. All right, all right, all right. Here's a fun fact for you fucking suburban guys. I was the first guy. I was the first guy to, to do the tag gimmick. I did it um, like like two nights before the ECW arena. And remember, uh, have we got there yet where I said, well, your name ain't Taz. It's you know, you're Tasmania. And Paul nope. says, no, name is Taz. I said, nah, whatever, he's Tasmaniac. But yeah, I was the first guy that, I was the first guy that did Taz, that, that worked Taz when he became that gimmick. Is that on TV? No, I mean. No, uh, okay. I didn't, know if, I didn't know if maybe it was something we were going to see here coming up or. No, that was at, that was at a house show in. Somewhere in Pennsylvania, like whatever kind of thing, 
But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it was me. Uh, I was the first guy to do it, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't give a fuck, I didn't care. It didn't bother me whether you know what I mean. I just thought it was cool that I got to be part of a, of a of an angle. It was, it was kind of an angle, not with me and Taz, but it was to get the Taz over. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, all right, man, I'm down with that. But yeah, this is uh, this is the first time like we were talking about on TV where you're you're seeing the I guess you'd say the branding of Taz, you know, like I said, the the singlet and the towel and Fonzie and you know it's it's definitely it's definitely a change for the character and a change in the positive because I agree with Aaron, this is the best version of Taz for the next like year on ECW. Fuck yeah, um, brother! Fuck yeah, brother! <laughs> Fuck yeah, brother. And I I stand corrected, I guess, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I stand corrected that I thought that the last time we saw Public Enemy, that was the last time we were going to see Public Enemy in ECW, uh, because they still are plugging that tonight they're going to be having a match with the Heavenly Bodies. So they are... I love love how how Aaron says... That is uh, the last time that we're gonna see Public Enemy. It's it's like me like years ago, like whatever. Saying it's the last time we're gonna see the fucking pitbulls. <laughs> oh, but they're still there. They're like a hundred Q Robinson, or like a hundred Q. It's like oh, this guy's got to be it for hundred Q. And it's like oh nope, Come <laughs> bad penny hundred Q. But no, we still got a couple weeks of Public Enemy because um, we have what the next show is the last show of what ninety five, I think, and then that that house party that they're hyping that's on the network, so we're gonna watch that, and I think that's that's their that's their send off, that's Aaron's their Dino, that's their Dino send off. Oh, the hundred Q. What's your problem with hundred Q? I think it's. I still think it would have been amazing for just one night the lights to go out in the ECW arena and then the comeback on and it's like Hunter Q with Tony Stetson, Chris Michaels and like the Wolfman. And like you said, you can you can call the you can call their you can call their faction the Bad Pennies. Oh, they're yeah, back. The, uh, the Bad Pennies. It'd be amazing if you were the only one there. And the lights went out. And they were on the ring. Yeah. Nobody else would get it. Nobody else would have cared. But yeah, but it, imagine if you were there by yourself. And then the Wolfman, the Wolfman literally means it when he says, "This is my ring. This is my ring. Yeah, <laughs> this was my. <laughs> this is literally yeah. my ring." <laughs> I think it would have been great if the lights went out, come back on, and it, it's Hunter Q with the Wolfman, Stetson, Chris Michaels. And um, Johnny Hotbody, and they and they just immediately get taken out. Like they're not even effective. Don't fuck. Don't don't you be fucking. Don't you don't you be fucking with the bad Penny Cabrini boys. Yeah, they're just immediately taken out. I think I think you I think you just announced the worst faction of all time. <laughs> like like literally, 
like I, I, I need you to text me that faction, like after we're done the show, so I can look at it and just, and just imagine how bad that faction was. So, something finally tops Paul Jones' army. Oh no! Come on, don't. Uh, see, that's the fucking that's the barometer. Paul Jones' army is the barometer. If you're, if you're worse than Paul Jones's army, then yeah, you're pretty bad. And this, Chris this, this is pretty bad. Chris Michaels cuts like an invasion type promo, like we're taking over, but he does it entirely in his bull. He does it entirely in his bullwinkle voice. <laughs> he does not do that. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. Aaron's booking a, a company that I would love to watch. <laughs> like, I, I would love to see the if my my main event was Tony Stetson against Johnny Hotbody again. Uh, and Chris Michaels, Chris Michaels does his whole Bullwinkle gimmick, and 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 you know he ends <laughs> he ends up getting taken out by Rocco. <laughs> Could I, <laughs> it could be Bullwinkle versus Rocky. <laughs> it does not. It does, it does. No, it doesn't happen. Anyway, Joey Styles comments that he just felt a bead of sweat hit the top of his head. He turns around and there's Jay Sully behind him. Oh, Jay's Tully. There you go, right there. Yeah, you got to have a Hill commentator to support the group. <laughs> Jay Sully standing there looking like he's in a hostage video. Who the fuck is Archie Mitchell for this? <laughs> we're, 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 booking, we're booking undercard ECW uh, uh, guy. Aaron's doing it, not us. It's Aaron's fault. <laughs> He brought up all these guys. Fuck Johnny Hotbody. Fuck. Well, after after whatever the hell we just talked about before that little desertion, we uh, we get a video showing us highlights of Cactus Jack and Sabu and all their rivalry. And Joey well, announces over that on the well, Heavenly Bodies they cut a promo in a hotel with Raven, and it's the same hotel they've been using like. For Beulah's box and Steve Austin's promos and shit. They cut a lot of little promos in this fucking abandoned apartment or whatever they're in and just canned them in there. I don't know what this bit what this room is, but it's some Aaron's sleazy little Aaron. Aaron's calling them out. He said the same hotel. All the promos in. Like, I don't know if this is like where I don't know if this is where like Jason was taking girls after he gave them warm milk or what, but this is building this fucking apartment with no furniture in it. Like, what is this place? But anyway, go ahead. So after that, we get a video. Or it might be. It might actually be. It might actually be Jimmy Del, Del Rey's house. I don't know, but either way, it's weird. But go ahead. Nah, the new the windows weren't newspapered up. It wasn't Del Rey's house. Um. 
again, I'll start over here. We get Joey giving us a, a video on the Cactus Jack Sabu feud, and he announces that the, they will be having a death match on December the 29th. Um, and then we go to the public enemy in the ring to get ready for their match with the Heavenly Bodies. But Bubba Ray Dudley comes out and entertains the crowd. He's and that's hilarious. Yes. Oh, and Joey Styles didn't make any fucking... He didn't, he didn't waste any time in saying, the crowd loves Bubba Ray. Like, he said it, like, I don't know, maybe three seconds after he walked out. And and I made a note, I made a note saying that going, oh, Joey's really fucking going out of his way to put a hoop on Bubba. And... I love I love Bubba. I mean, I'm friends with Bubba. I love he he's great. And when he came out, and he and, I mean, you go ahead and explain the rest of it, whatever he did. Well, essentially, what this is to in my mind is even though Bubba's already over with this crowd, they know Public Enemy are leaving, and whether we are fans or not, the ECW Arena crowd was huge fans of the Public Enemy. So they're putting Bubba in here with Public Enemy to dance in the ring so Public Enemy can give Bubba the stamp of approval for the ECW crowd. What? They're, they're essentially having Public Enemy give Bubba Dudley the stamp of approval for the ECW crowd. Here. Okay, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, they didn't, they didn't have to. but Yeah, they didn't have to. He, the dude's already fucking over like Rover, but they're doing it anyway. Yeah, I mean, public public enemy was like everybody knew public enemy was 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 the fucking was the team. It's fine, everybody knew that. But and now they're going right. This is the next guy. Right here, Moverick, and he was he was a dancing fool. <laughs> what makes it even more ridiculous is that they were dancing to Hot Stepper or whatever in re in reality. But on the WWE network, it's like the shitty public enemy music. Yeah. But they're dancing to it like it's like the coolest shit in the world. It's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of like it's kind of like when you watch Mid South on the WWE network and JYD comes out and it's put and they're everybody's dancing to another one bites the dust, but they're dancing to that shitty. I don't know what it is, dust JYD. WWE Network music, but it makes it look like in the like in '81, people thought, "Oh, this is the shit," <laughs> including Reezer Bowden. <laughs> like if people, if if a child watched that and didn't know, they would just be like, "Oh man, people really love that fucking shit." <laughs> could you imagine that? Could you imagine that was the actual music back then? <laughs> just imagine, like. You know, you're watching it now, and you hear the WWE music, you know, whatever, for, for JYD. Imagine if that was the music in 1981 or 82 in fucking Louisiana. People would have been just standing there and staring at them. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought Coco Beware was coming out. <laughs> yeah, dude. But anyway. The, the music, the music is horrendous, dude. It's 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 horrendous. Yeah, you're right. It is funny to uh, to have them to think that they're dancing to that music instead of the actual music. It's really funny. Kind of like when 
You ever heard the, you ever heard the, even though I don't like ICP, but have you ever heard the oddities oh. WWE version of, of the oddities theme? It's insane. Like what the fuck? Is it? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the best thing you said was, I don't like ICP. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I see the video. Are they my favorite they are but they're trying to like anyway my favorite thing that ever happened to them was when um mike awesome power bombs and wcw mike awesome power bombs shaggy two dope on the top of a bus and then shaggy two dope doesn't know what to fucking do and he doesn't have anything to grab onto so he power bombs him onto the bus, and dude just slides right, like just, just slides right off the bus. And Mike Awesome just what? like oh, whatever. <laughs> Mike Awesome just like well, whatever. <laughs> like he didn't try to like he saw him slide, and he didn't try to grab him or anything. He just watched the guy fucking shoot off into oblivion. Like <laughs> oh, it's so funny. He fucking lands right on his stupid fucking head. <laughs> My birthday was two years, two days ago, and I'm 51 years old, and we're talking about the insane clown posse. Holy shit. <laughs> that's fucking, that's amazing to me, dude. Well, after the, after the heavenly body, or after the, uh, the public enemy and Bubba dance, the heavenly Can bodies come out. The heavenly bodies come out and total dickheads and crack Bubba with a chair for pretty much no reason, assholes. But anyway, um, Bubba gets back up, challenges them, you know, gives them the whole, you know, they powder out of the ring because he he's punched them in the dome, and he dances again. And then we get into our match. It's the public enemy in the heavenly bodies. Hope I didn't miss anything there. You didn't, but I have a question because we skipped over some episodes because it was just the super show or whatever that we watch recaps or whatever. Did they ever even explain like why the heavenly bodies were were with Raven? Like it makes no sense. I don't think they did because what Chad? This is did didn't they just come in for like one or two shots anyway? Like one or two weeks. This is it? I, I thought so. Yeah, and that like, might I don't be Aaron White. That might be Aaron. Why everything you've seen of them has been in the same hotel room because they were like, "We got these guys for two nights. We need a." <laughs> but yeah, but I'm just saying, like, there was other stuff other than with the heavenly bodies too, though. Like this is the same like like creepy hotel that they cut them on Monday Nyquil promos in and everything. But it's just I don't understand why Raven was with or why the heavenly bodies were with Raven. Makes no sense. Well, they're well, they, they they didn't stick around, so it didn't fucking matter, right? Why? Yeah, I'm just why like... give you the story when they didn't stick around. Like, like I mean, during their promo, they mentioned Raven. Like Raven brought him in, like to do whatever, and 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 that was it. They came in, they worked. They were done. They were gone. It was it. <laughs> Where was Raven? But the match itself. Yeah, but the match the, the match itself is just a it's just a brawl. It's an ECW brawl. What's 
I would have, I would have much rather seen a match, in my opinion. I would have much rather, because I mean, Jimmy Del Rey is better than a lot of guys think, and Doctor Tom Pritchard certainly stop it. Don't, don't even fucking, you know, start telling me. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking Del Rey as a wrestler. I mean, I'm just making fun of the fact that he's kind of a, a pervy creeper. But oh, them as wrestlers, them as wrestlers are. Jimmy Del Rey was a fantastic wrestler, and Tom Pritchard is was fantastic as well. And and Rocco, when he's in there with somebody that's good, he's great. You know, it's just Johnny Grunge is just a slug. What is what is Johnny Grunge? A slug. slug. Okay. What do you do? Well, the way this match resolves itself is Jimmy Del Rey like he goes for a He could have never, he could have never, he could have never feuded with any of Fuji's people. The minute Fuji would have hit him with the salt, it would have been over. <laughs> Sayonara, boy, son. <laughs> you about to shrivel. <laughs> <laughs> But the public enemy defeat the uh, heavenly bodies. Joey signs off the show, and then we get a segment with Santa Claus and Big Dick Dudley. And that is how this episode wraps up. And um, overall, I never like Big Dick Dudley. Never, never like. Like personally, as a gimmick, as a gimmick, or as a person. Either. <laughs> think about this episode of ECW guys it was just there I agree the best thing was the Austin promo oh hands down I want to hear I want to hear more Aaron Aaron's tables it was just a show that was just there other than the Steve Austin promo and like the unveiling of the Taz like gimmick nothing really happened like it was like it was like whatever here you go well you you just said two things that were kind of not i don't want to say iconic because they could be more iconic but i mean they were big deals steve also promo and then pat so that to me makes the show um a little more affordable you know what i'm saying 
Like, it, like I don't know, I don't know what what, what level what, what grade you're giving it, but that that just right there takes whatever I saw and go, all right, you know what? This is gonna be good, man. But as you know, and this is be awesome. So I mean, my grade is gonna be way different than all your all grades. Well, that being said, again, like I said, we uh, we will continue our conversation later in the week about we'll do the next episode of real or of ECW, which is I think December twenty sixth of nineteen ninety five. We're finally getting into ninety six. I'm excited to be getting into ninety six ECW for sure. Um, I want to thank Aaron and Chad. I'm not trying to rush anybody, but Nate's got to pee, <laughs> so I want to thank you guys for joining me. And thank our listeners for listening. And thanks to those of you that sent questions. Again, you can send those questions to relivingtheextreme at gmail.com. Any parting words for our listeners, guys? That shit over, man. Yeah, that question. Um, thanks, yep. thanks for listening. Send questions. Tell your friends. Tell your wives. There Get the show friend. out there. Tell your pet, yeah, tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your mistresses, tell everybody yeah. about reliving the extreme. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs>